0: on this feast of christ the king i would just ask you to look on our large beautiful crucifix and you notice right at the very top is the message with the abbreviation I-N-R-I. i n r i people ask me about that and, and many of you probably do know in order to really appreciate though the latin version and of course the Romans and all through the Roman Empire spoke Latin. You have to recognize the I, combined with the U that follows, gives you almost a Y sound. So what you have is Iesum Nazareum Rex Iudeum, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And you know, When that sign was put above his crucifix, it was meant to insult him and all of his followers. But we are not insulted. We embrace the fact that as we look upon the crucifix, we behold our king. And of course, we have, many of us, uh, crucifixes that we wear or crucifixes in our home, When we're going to pray any of our prayers, we do it with the Trinitarian sign of the cross, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We embrace this broken, crucified King because it was the culmination of an entire lifetime that would merit him for eternity to be thought of as King. We don't think much of royalty in this country. I just got Netflix a while ago, and I've been watching the uh, series The Crown about the royals in Great Britain, and it's fascinating, I will say. But our instinct certainly would not be to refer to anyone other than Jesus as the King, and to assume, of course, that he will always be king eternally. There's no one who's going to come up later and, and replace him, And we know it's because he lived so fully and taught so well and saved us with his death on the cross that we can really appreciate on this day the readings that are shared with us. Now, you know we have three cycles. And one of the readings, I think it was the one last year for Christ the King, was Jesus standing before Pilate and Pilate, looking down on him and, uh, and really mocking him, are you the king of the Jews? And you remember Jesus says to him, it is you who say that I am. The reason I was born, the reason I came into this world, was to testify to the truth. So there's Jesus as teacher. And then next year, We'll likely have the reading of the, the thieves that are crucified with Jesus, one who mocks him and one who pleads with him. And to the one who shows love, Jesus says to him, today you will be with me in paradise. What an incredible assurance, huh? That's why when we talk about saints, we know one of them is one who's referred to as Saint Dismas, the good thief on the cross. So there's teacher there's Jesus as not only teacher but as savior. Then we have the one today. Jesus as judge. And it's encouraging at one level and frightening at another level. One is we do understand and have, as we've grown up in our faith, the way that we relate to Jesus. The way that we love jesus is to care for the least of our brothers and sisters yet you know, i was thinking as jesus was conducting this judgment this large judgment of so many people there at the at the end of the world that it had to be a little bit stunning to the ones who were honored and recognized that they'd done anything all that special that because they had fed the hungry, because they had given drink to the thirsty, because they had clothed the naked and given shelter to them, because they had visited the sick and the prisoners, they were doing it to Jesus. And Jesus was honoring them. He says, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. And as those who... Where on the other side, we're listening to that, they must have felt greatly unsettled. Increasingly so, as he went through this. Because they had to wonder, where does all of this come out? Knowing that they themselves had done so little for others. And of course, we recognize it's not completely a black and white thing. Sometimes we are more generous. We find ourselves assisting those who are clearly in need and probably particularly our friends and family and neighbors, those who come in contact with us. But it doesn't mean that we don't feel like we could be doing more and should be doing more. And here are those who uh, are about to be condemned because they did not reach out at all. They did not share with those who needed. They were selfish people, self-centered. And Jesus is saying to them, no, you're accountable for that. I think it's interesting in this day and age when actually we have, with this uh, pandemic going on, so many opportunities to, to be there for people to also recognize that we're kind of ruled out of uh, a couple of the things that Jesus suggested. I haven't been able to do my prison ministry for 10 months now. And I think it'll be a while yet before they open up to uh, outside visitors. And we know that one of the scary things about the COVID is that a lot of times you're taking your loved one to the hospital and dropping them off because you can't come in. And that's a scary, scary thing. But we certainly are able to reach out to the hungry and to the thirsty and and the, uh, the homeless and the naked And occasionally still be there, of course, for the sick, sick in our homes and such. So we we look at a day like this, and of course, we look upon the separation from this completed year and the anticipation of the new year, and we prayerfully have been turning to God saying, please help this world in its epidemic, help our loved ones, but... Care for all of those, and let us be instruments of your care. Let us be ones who hear the words uh, that uh, Jesus says to them, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for the least brothers of mine, you did for me, and come, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the beginning of time. This has been a challenging year, but with the Lord's grace, we've gotten through it. And probably at least for a while, church year 2021 is gonna have its problems. But as family, as parish, as community, we can make it through together.